Welcome to That 80 Show and another week, another interview with an 80 star that you forgot how much you loved them. This week, we speak to a the lead singer of a band from Liverpool in England. This band had the highest selling debut album of any artist at Island Records and a load of chart hits in the late 80s and early 90s, made up of a group of brothers with a surname Christian and another member, unrelated, whose middle name was Christian. So it was only natural that they called themselves the Christians. We sat down a few weeks ago with uh, Gary Christian, lead vocals, to tell us about the band, their time in the 80s, some Paul McCartney stories, just throwing around uh, Paul McCartney name dropping, Dirty Mirror shenanigans, and Barrett and Dory started off by asking him what he's been doing in this past crazy, crazy year. You know, I, it, it hasn't been that much of a problem, really, for, for me, because um, it's, it's, it's given me a chance, actually, to get into my, my little studio, which I built in the garden. So I call it my shed studio. So uh, for me, it's been great. I've been just having Joe around and a couple of the lads, and we've just been creating new music, really. Oh, wow. Okay, so let's take it all the way back now. Tell us... How did the band originally form way back in the 80s? <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put a new twist on this, but now it's, just, <laughs> it's the same old boring story. Uh, we got together. Well, we, my brothers and I were always, um, were always harmonizing. We were always singing. Since we were kids, you know, since we were 13, 14. And, um, we, we, you know, we got around the local area that, you know, there's a family that uh, really sing well, you know, and harmonize well together. And as the years went on, you know, this, this grew and grew. And from that, a manager uh, who became our manager after he saw us was a guy called Pete Fulwell. Well, he was managing a group called It's a Material who needed some backing vocalists as well at the time. So it all kind of melted together. And um, in that group, It's a Material, there's a guy called Henry Priestman. And um, to cut a long story short, on the, on the last session of With It's a Material to put back and vocals on their tracks, um, he just shouted down, because we were all leaving, you know, and he shouted down, Gary, Gary, uh, listen, I've got some songs here. Um, do you want to have a go singing them and, and see, see if we can make something work? And um, I must admit, a couple of the, a couple of the brothers, they, they just left <laughs> i think they were hungry <laughs> <laughs> they they went to, for lunch or something but yeah. myself myself uh roger uh, uh, and russell that we, we just hung around and heard these songs and i said well, listen i'll i'll take them away and, and and check them out and have a listen and uh f- the following week i phoned up henry i said listen henry i really like these songs i mean you know one one of them was ideal world another one was um was hooverville i think and a couple of others, and I thought, yeah, I, I could really put something onto this, um, onto these songs. And that was it, really. From that day, me and Henry started working together to to work out the vocals and work out um, how to how to approach the songs. And from there, you know, we we just uh, developed into the band called the Christians. How many brothers do you have? Well, originally, um, a couple of them have, um, have passed on now, but uh, yeah. originally there was seven. Seven guys and five gals. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a big yeah. family. You know, it was, a, it was a family of the 80s, you know, of the uh, 50s, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it was like, um, I don't know what, they, 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 they didn't have much to do in, in, in those <laughs> days. So they, they just grew large families. And uh, I came out of that kind of era. Oh, wow. How, from that moment when you guys were doing the, those songs, how long did it take until you were signed to Island Records? Well, it was about uh, me and myself and Henry worked together on them for, I think it was about six months, really. Um, and intermittently, we, we'd send a little cassette off to various to various uh, record labels. Um, I think Decca was one, London Records was another, and a few more. And we were getting replies back saying, um, yeah, we don't really hear any... Um, don't really hear any hit singles on, on, on these um, songs, but keep it going, lads. Um, I think you could do them well. You know, that kind of answer came back yeah. all the time. Um, I, I might add, like, uh, on, on those tapes were the five singles that we took off the first album. So, you know, they were oh, all wow. totally wrong. Totally wrong, you know. But Island Records came back, and they, and they were interested. And um, they sent a guy up to, to, to see us, you know, and... Um, I remember we um, we were in the Henry's top top flat in, in 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 Liverpool, and he had a dusty mirror, and that's the only thing. This is what I remember about this session: is that I had to write the lyrics into the mirror. <laughs> I couldn't remember them, so I had, you know, and you know the dust in the mirror. He, he never yeah. cleaned the flat, you know. <laughs> <It's all laughs> and so. Uh, so I was reading, uh, the guy must have thought I was very vain, you know, because I kept looking in the mirror all the time. But, <laughs> but he's sitting in the corner there looking at us and we're singing away. And and a week later, we were signed to Ireland, he thought. So he said, uh, he went back and told the guys, that, oh, the, the, this group in Liverpool are really, really good. And we, we must sign them, you know. And that was it, really, from there, uh, you know, history was made. So... Yes, history was made. You guys were the highest debut selling artists on Island Records. So you took the UK and world by storm with your first release. Tell us what that journey was like from first starting out with that Dusty Mirror and those backing uh, vocals out to being an international success. What was that journey? What was that experience like? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, when, when we heard ourselves on the radio for the first time, um, after all the hard work we'd done beforehand, so, you know, it took about, well, 18 months, two years to, to actually get the, the, the album finished. That's with all the preparation, all the songs, all the, um, the you know, le learning the, the, the harmonies and all the different ways of doing things, different sounds, different everything. Um, anyway, it took about two years. And then when I heard it, Forgotten Town was our first single. And to hear all the hard work coming out on the radio, it was just like, um, it's like magic, you know. I felt really, really great, you know, listening. We were all in the same car, funny enough, at the same time when the radio started playing Forgotten Town. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't crash, actually. We should have pulled <laughs> over, really. But um, anyway, it was great. It was fantastic. A great experience. Awesome. And really, we never, we, we never stopped, you know, from... From that first release on the 27th of, of February or some, somewhere around that, of 1987, we never stopped for like, oh, it must be seven, till 94, I think. 
Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, tell us how the charity single Ferry Cross to Mersey came about and the experience of recording that. It was a tragic experience, uh, tragic, uh, experience that happened that resulted mm. in that single. Tell us, you know, how that collaboration came about and the experience. Yeah, well, um, you, you've heard of uh, Stock, Aiken and Waterman, haven't you? Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> Oh, I kind of dance um, stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, they they decided really to put to put these four acts together, you know. And they would they definitely wanted Paul McCartney. They wanted the Christians. They wanted um, Boy George. Uh, is it Boy George or I think it was or someone out there? No, um, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Yes, Holly Johnson. Yeah. And the, the the guy who who wrote the song um, "Ferry Across the Mersey," little Jerry, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yes. And they wanted these four acts for some reason, maybe because we were flying high and the Christians were flying high in the charts and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, and that was it really. But um, the actual experience for me was was great. It was it was very easy to. It's a very simple song to sing and very easy. So they just asked us to come in sing the song down and um and we sort out some harmonies later and but the thing for me but the the, the 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 great thing for me was meeting uh paul mccartney for the first time um you know it was 87 or 88 or whatever it was and we could hear him talking in the next room you know with pete waterman and um yeah jabba, 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 jabba. and we were in the green room and then we said um I'm sure that's Paul McCartney next door. <laughs> we were whispering <laughs> and kind of fearful of, of meeting him for some reason, but he was, you know, Paul McCartney, you know. But then we heard him say, listen, uh, Pete, I just want to go in and see the lads, you know, um, and have a little chat with the lads. And we, we all looked at each other, you know, me, Henry and Russell, we looked at each other. He's talking about us. Oh, my God, he's going to come in any minute. He's coming in now. Hiya, Paul. <laughs> and it was so easy to um, it was so easy to talk to him. We had a great laugh, and we, we actually asked them to come in to the studio and um, harmonize with us, you know, because we were putting some harmonies now. And he jumped at the idea, and he just loved it. And it was it was a great day, actually, tinged with you know the tragedy of Hillsborough and stuff. Yeah, it, it was um, it was just great to meet Paul, and uh, just how kind of normal guy he was, you know, and, and the ideas he was coming up around the mic, we were all singing on the same mic and it was just like, a, I thought, hey, I'm a Beatle <laughs> <laughs> for a day. I'm a Beatle. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was great. Fantastic. Are you, are you still in touch with uh, either Paul or Holly Johnson? Well, not so much in touch. You know, we don't phone each other every day, but if, yeah. uh, if, if there's a function that, and he's there. He does this function every year, you know, in, in Liverpool and in Lippa. And uh, I get invited every year, you know, to 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 at this function. So I see him basically once a year and say, all right, Paul, how's it going? Blah, blah. <laughs> cool. And it's great. As a successful band, you must have traveled around the world a bit and seen seen places that you might never have got to otherwise. What, how, what is it like to, 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 first of all, experience that and then also see how the world has evolved and changed over time? Back then, we never thought we would get to South Africa. That, that's a fact. I mean, you know, because of the situation yeah. going on there. But um, having been there now a couple of times, uh, 
I love your country, by the way. <laughs> I think ah, it's great. That, that was a question coming up, so I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, yeah, so lots of, lots of things. I mean, you know, it, it was uh, the experience of, of going around places, lots of places, in fact, uh, too many to mention. Uh, it's, been, um, it's been fantastic, actually. Uh, I'm very blessed to have, uh, to have been to all these various places around the world. What about mm -hmm. coming over here again and performing or collaborating with some of our artists? Is that is that a possibility at all? Wow! Uh, yeah, anything's possible, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'd love to. Actually, I mean, um, the the last place we played was uh, uh, see if I can pronounce this correctly, uh, Kirchen Kirchenbosch. Kirstenbosch. Kirstenbosch. Yes, that's the last place. Oh, that's we played, beautiful, then. beautiful oh. with all the flowers. Yeah. I, I was fascinated with the with the and the, the duck. Is, is it the ducks or something? They come really close to you as we were lying on the grass. They come really close and take take bread out your hand and stuff like that. Anyway, probably. <laughs> I, I, I digress. The, the whole place is fantastic, and the stage area is is beautiful. It's like an amphitheater. It's brilliant. It is a beautiful place indeed. Yeah. So your lyrics have been described as like socially conscious. You're one of those bands. Um, yeah. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing society in the world today? Thank God we've got rid, rid of a, a, a big challenge, which was Trump. You know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say this, but he was the most divisive um, character to be elected into high office in my lifetime. You know, he's, he's, the guy was... Um, um, what we do, what, what's happening now is we're trying to fix what he's broken for the last four years, you know, we're trying to fix that. And there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of corruption, a lot of everything going on right now. There's a lot of hate beginning to rear its ugly face again. And um, I don't know why why or what's going on. There's a lot of nationalistics going on and, and it's, um, it's, it's hard. And I believe it's, it's, it's the internet that started all this. It's the it's the keyboard warriors. It's the kind of hateful single person behind a keyboard who's creating all these kind of lies and myths and silliness, and people are getting onto it. Q on on, for instance. Q on on, you know. Come on, I, mean, I don't know if people are <laughs> totally thick or what, but they take all this stuff in and they believe it all, and it's all getting mismashed up. And I don't know. Um, that has got to change, and people have just got to get some sense, I think. Um, but the world is not a not a great place at the moment, and I hope it uh, it changes quickly before it's too late. Yeah. Well, maybe you can write songs about the problems in the world and inspire people well, like yeah. you used to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are. We are, in fact. You know, we have been for the last eighteen months. I've uh, been kind of locked away. Fuming, mm. uh, <laughs> pens and guitars, and fuming, and uh, ah, that's good and to hear. Uh, can't can't wait to hear the results of that. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to take you again back to the '80s because we we love the '80s on this show. Okay, because it's an '80s kind of show, isn't it? It is. It's all about the '80s. We're obsessed. So, what music were you guys listening to in the '80s? <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> I was listening to all the 60s and 70s music. <laughs> yeah. 
which which I'm still doing now. You see, um, it, there was some great stuff in the eighties. Don't get me wrong. I I love I love when I listen back. I think I didn't appreciate it much back then. You know, when I was mm-hmm. listening to some of the stuff, but I so appreciate it now because of what's happening today. If you know what I mean, yeah. I, I can't. Um, I can't really get into anything today, really, at all, you know. So I go back, you know, I go back to the 60s or 40s, even 50s, 60s, 70s, and listen to, to music that people have just not heard. And I think that's a real shame, you know, that people haven't heard such great, you know, I'm talking about like kids, you know, who buy, rec- or buy records or listen to Spotify, whatever they do, streaming and stuff. You'd never hear what I was listening to on, on the, thank God yeah. for shows that, that, that you've got the eighties, but it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a niche, a bit of a niche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 uh, we like our niche. <laughs> we yeah. have, we have doubled, we have doubled outside of the eighties once or twice, but, but I hear you because I mean, especially things like the Beatles. I mean, you mentioned Paul McCartney, the Beatles are just, I have a 13 year old daughter and she loves the Beatles. They oh, are really? timeless. Yes. <laughs> well, they are timeless. You can, you can uh, sorry, I, you can take out the Beatles. I mean, I was talking about like your kind of music, not too obscure that you can't listen to it, but uh, oh, I can't reel off loads of groups. But, you know, you, you don't really hear them on the radio these, these days. Kids are not, yeah. uh, kids are not, you know, give, given that kind of opportunity, really, to yeah. listen. But it's great that your daughter's listening to the Beatles. Fantastic. <laughs> Gary mentioned Spotify. So naturally the evolution of how music is produced and consumed by listeners has drastically changed since you started. What are your thoughts on digital streaming platforms and how this has changed the production and how music is released? What are your thoughts around all these platforms? I don't know how people can listen to anything on a, on a phone on this thing that I'm holding in my hand. You can, obviously, but you don't, you don't really, you're listening. People are listening in a different way now. So it's not like I, I'm, I'm decrying it or anything like this. It, they say, this is progress. Fine. Go away with your progress. I, I, I'll stay with my little thing and what I want to hear with my ears. You know, I don't want to hear like this sound in my ears and this digital kind of noise. I don't want to hear that. I mean, I agree with you. I still love buying my CDs. Yeah. I love that aesthetic of holding that that thing, and like whether it's CDs, books, or DVDs, or any of those yeah. things, and opening the little booklets of the CDs and looking at the song words and the pictures. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It's you know the artwork of a of an album. I mean, they say um, vinyl. You know, there's a there's a kind of a big market for vinyl again now because I think people are beginning to realize that. Living in an analog world is much better than living in a digital world. <laughs> true, yeah. true. I agree. <laughs> the, the coming round, it's, it's coming full circle. I hope, but it'll never get back to what it was. You know, they, you know, studios and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, there's, there's less studios now because the, the, it's progress. You see, I can do an album in my in my shed. You know, so it's. So it's great, um, but that's progress, and um, we just got to live with it. So you mentioned that you guys are busy writing and doing recording the music. Tell us yeah. more about it. When will it be released? You know, what are the plans around that? 
Well, the stage we're at now is just um, collating because we, I think we wrote about 40, 50 songs. So we're, we're collating them down into a tight little package of like 12 songs and we're just going to pick out the best. Um, I'm not going to say much more about that until until further down the road, you know. Um, okay. All I can say really is that there's some great songs there. And, uh, I hope people get onto them. But first and foremost, we've got to we've got to make and, and really enjoy and love what we're doing. So yeah. until that, you know, you know, there, there might be a little guy, a, a guy sitting in the corner going, "Hmm, don't like that much." Uh, we like we'll inquire why, well, what's wrong with it, and we'll go into it that way, you know, and go, okay, and we pick out the best twelve songs and and see what happens. Or <laughs> you might have two albums 24 songs you could release one album coming up and another one in uh, years time <laughs> exactly you know you, you you're on my wavelength there so. yeah <laughs> that's what we'll do well I'll, I'll definitely be looking out for that so what's next for the christians i know that you're busy collating the album is there well, anything beyond that or is that the focus no the thing of it is we've got because of the pandemic you know all our gigs had last year um i've been were postponed until this year, um, which supposedly was to start, well, halfway through June until, you know, the March. We had the book is full until March um, 22. So, so we're just waiting, really. We're getting close to the dates of, of, uh, of gigging again. Yeah. And then, And then something happens, you know, they turn around and say, oh, no, we've got to cancel again or postpone until such and such a date. And it, it all gets put back and put back. So until this pandemic is completely out of the window, um, it's difficult to plan, even yeah. though we've got 60 dates. You know, we've got 60 gigs in the book, you know, already to do. So uh, we're going to be quite busy uh, to doing that, really. Okay. Well, let's, yeah. let's just, like I say, let's... Let's focus on the positive and yeah. hopefully we'll all come out of this very soon and be back to some sort of norm normality in a few months' time. I mean, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought I'd be, I'd be talking to, to, to you thousands of miles away, um, talking about a, a, a something that affects us all, you know, like me and you, everyone. It's amazing and uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think. But uh, yes, I agree with you totally. Let's get back to normal now. So that is our time with the Christians. I mean, of course, if you're thinking of the Christians, some songs of theirs that you may want to go back and listen to. Forgotten Town, Hooverville, When the Fingers Point, Born Again, and of course, the massive hit, Ideal World. Uh, if you want to keep up with the Christians, you can find them on thechristianslive.co.uk. Uh, all those latest news of what the band is up to uh, from the past and also in the current iteration. Now that Eddie show, we are getting out Barrett's little black book of contacts and getting hold of some really cool names from the 80s. We've spoken to Graham Russell from Air Supply, Joan Armour Trading, Karen White, and of course, uh, Gary Christian from The Christians. And coming up soon, coming up next, actually, will be another Gary, but this time Gary Kemp, from Spandau Ballet. That's 80s music royalty for you right there. We speak to him from his lovely, lovely countryside manner. Got a bit of video to go with that. So keep an eye on that. That 80s show, SA. Give us a like on Facebook. We are on Cliff Central live every Friday at 9 o'clock. 
or you can find us right here. Subscribe, like, do all the good things that come along with the podcast. This has been That 80 Show with, uh, we think, another cool interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.